horror comics have been scaring readers for years. Is there anyone brave enough to sit down with their creators? This is Discussions with Decapitated Dan. This week on the final episode of Discussions with Decapitated Dan, Dirk Manning is back to help usher Dan off into the sunset. Discussions with Decapitated Dan is brought to you by CuriousGoodsAndComics.com. Don't be afraid to lose your head over all the savings. CuriousGoodsAndComics.com, where Decapitated Dan gets his books. So welcome everybody to what is officially the final episode of Discussions with Decapitated Dan. <sighs> now you said you, were, you weren't going to cry anymore. Don't cry. I'm trying. Joining me for what... We seriously just figured out. Like, no joke, this is not this is not staged, what Dan's about to say. We counted how many times Dirk has been on the show. And no shit, no, there's no way, there's absolutely no planning of this or anything. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> this is his 13th time on the show. 13! Which we have, I guess we should explain... Why it's a big deal that it, the last episode of Decapitated Dan, Discussion of Decapitated Dan, which we decided to do for today, is Dirk Manning's 13th episode. Why this is a big deal. Well, to understand the 13, we have to go back to... God, just, we have years to, ago. Yeah, we have to go back to our first interview where you explained the number 13 with Nightmare World. Right. And then we started, and then at a certain point, I think right before... Right around ish, uh, episode 80, we realized that you were on every 13th episode. Yeah, yeah, it was an average of every 13 episodes I would be on. So right. purposely made it every 13 episodes. After that, right. Now, of course, 125 isn't divisible by, you know, 13, so that, that part has gone, but that was another 13 in the cycle. Right. And... Seriously, we we were just joking around before we started recording, and we realized that this is <laughs> the perfect way to end the show. Thirteenth <laughs> yeah, we were joking around like, wouldn't it be? Yeah, because you actually said, wouldn't it be funny if this was your thirteenth episode on the show? And I said, gosh, if that was the case, this would be the perfect way to end uh, discussions with Captain Dan, being that this is Dirk Manning's thirteenth appearance of every third, you know, an average of every thirteen shows. And uh, or every thirteenth show, and then we're like, yeah, ha ha ha, and then you went back and started counting, and I was like, nah, maybe it's like you know, a ten or eleven, but we figured out with the bonus shows and stuff I've done, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> when I first started doing this, way way back. In- 125 weeks ago, <laughs> for the most part, oh. I could have never. Uh, it, that is hilarious. I didn't even know you then. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I didn't know you then. There, there was a time before Dan and I were in each other's lives. 
Which uh, I prefer, I call that the dark age. I prefer not to think. <laughs> Before you started going to review my book, I will kill you. <laughs> I don't think it quite happened that way. I said I'd kill your family. Oh, that's right. Because if I killed you, there'd be nowhere there to review. Well, that's true. That's true. Unless you have my, got my dad decapitated, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, there was that talk of uh, the decapitated Dirk, which I, I just poo-pooed. <laughs> I refuse to be part of your, your scheme. I think this is all a big grand uh, a big grand scheme and things like that, but I, so, I'm not. So you're not saying next week the show's not going to be called Discussions with Dirk Decapitated Dirk? <laughs> Don't break my heart. <laughs> Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm convinced, and I'm just going to put it out there right now. You know, you definitely deserve a little respite, a little break, a little time, you know, maybe 13 weeks. And then, <laughs> you know, come back and maybe do the show more like a monthly. And, and, and I was actually thinking about this, and, and we're friends. I'll just put this on the air. You do, I mean, a ton of stuff reviewing uh, horror comics and things like that. And for people like me and other people that are horror comic aficionados out there, uh, yeah, I, I think one of the biggest uh, losses will be in the sense that, you know, I mean, we don't have you to rely on to turn our heads to new things. But, uh, you know, for people that don't know, I, I spent years doing comic reviews and, and before that music reviews as well. Uh, and writing reviews is a lot of work. I mean, you can vouch for that. You've been doing it for, you know, years now as well. It takes a lot of time to sit there and, and write reviews of these, uh, of comics, you know. Am I, am I right? I don't technically do, like, the the in-depth, No, but, you know. but but still, even even the stuff that you do, you know, reading the comics and writing up little, even shorter reviews like that, I mean, that takes a certain amount of time. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, well, I was thinking, you know, maybe, you know, take 13 weeks off. That's a couple months. And maybe come back and do like a monthly thing and have a guest or two on. But you could actually just review comics right on the air. Just I did that. Write, writing, yeah, rather than writing the reviews, just go back to talking about them. Early, early episodes, I, mm -hmm. would, I would do that. I uh, think it's come full circle. Yeah, early. But my only thing with that was was I was just talking to myself. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing weirder than just sitting here talking to yourself about it. Um, but no, I mean you 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 brought it up, so I'm I'm searching this as well. I wrote my first review in June 2009. That's that's a ways back. Now hold on, this makes it even this makes it even better because I've pointed this out before. The very first review I ever did was. It was a book by Mike Hoffman, and if everybody knows the famous decapitated Dan faces by Mike Hoffman. So the very first review I ever did was Electric Frankenstein by Mike Hoffman. Very first episode of Discussions was Mike Hoffman. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, that's kind of how just weird how it, it's all played out with the routines and. Right. You know. It all, it, it's any way it should, but I, no, and, and keep in mind, if you were to do like, uh, audio reviews of books, you know, you wouldn't be talking to yourself anymore, Dan. You'd be talking to the legions of followers that you have uh, uh, amassed over the last couple of years. Well, okay, then let's say this. If you do want to hear 
reviews. I do a weekly review show, if you don't know that, which is called Tales from the Water Cooler. And that right. show is not ending. Okay, so we are still going to get our fix. Oh, least. yeah, you'll still get that. And that's that's new books every week, and the three of us each pick a book, and the others have to read it, and then we discuss and, and debate them. Right, right. Which Okay, so I wasn't sure if you were just totally, honestly, I mean, you can tell how much we prepared for this in advance. We were just hung up on the 13th. One. But now, but, here's, the, here's the thing with it, you know, and with Tales from the Water Cooler, it's a set time. It's... Tuesday nights we sit down and we record and it's every Tuesday so we know we know what's going on. The problem with doing the interviews and stuff like that is you always have to you know I'm not Conan where I can you know say you got to be at the studio at 6:30 you know right. it's I have to go back and forth with the people I'm talking to and and set up a time for us to you know sit down and and figure it out and you know then I. Whatever it is, you gotta spend time researching the books that they're doing. Sometimes, or sometimes you know it, and you just you know what they're going to talk about, and all of that really plays into it because you know I'm giving up. It's not like I'm giving up. I always said I I could do weekend mornings for the most part. So it was, you know, me me saying you know you okay, can you be online at this time, and, and that's when we'll do it, and then just stuff like right. that. And that's that's the tough part. Right. No, that, you're right. You're right. It is. It, it's fast. It, it's a it's a, a lot of work, and I, I believe I truly speak for everyone listening when I say we applaud you for doing this as much as you do. But bottom line, I don't think anybody wants you to truly permanently disappear. That's no, all. I can't disappear. But you know what? It, it plays nicely because as soon as you know, as soon as I'm done with this, then. We, you know, then we got the Gasly Awards that we have to take care of, and then right after the Gasly Awards, I got I got the first DanCon of the year, so it's actually going to be really nice. And then there's the Secret Project as well. Secret Project. So there's 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 plenty of stuff for me to go to, but yeah, I mean, I've always toyed with the idea of of somehow making it more of a talk show. Right, right, right. To be honest Which... with you, where where you would be my Andy Richter. See, yet again, trying to bring me in to be decapitated, Dirk. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey, you know what though? Jason Harold called us out on it. So, uh, Jason's a longtime friend of mine, and he is uh, greasing the wheels nicely there. Uh, so, I, li- I, I like the the comment where he said, "Well, I guess I'll have to listen to this one." So, thanks for not listening to the other ones. <laughs> Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. Hey, you know, if we can, you know, rib on each other a little bit online, what can we do? Oh, exactly. We're all dealing with our sadness about this issue in different ways. <laughs> as I look around as they're tearing down the studio around us. Yes. Like, uh And that's just my cat knocking over the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot of horror decorations on your Christmas tree? No. Okay. No, no we just... don't. I, I believe we're we're getting rid of the Christmas tree that we have this year, so I'm gonna fight for that all black Christmas tree when we go when we go shopping. As I'm sure you're aware on Facebook and stuff like that, people are always like tagging pictures of Dirk Manning's Christmas tree and the Cthulhu Christmas tree and stuff like that. So I'm I'm hoping to someday make that a reality. I haven't seen that yet. It's it exists. Do I have but anyway, point being, I'm just glad I, that 
we're able to go on record saying that you're not truly going anywhere. Oh no, I mean the re- you know I think some people kind of took it as like the the reviews were going to end and right, 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 right. No, no, no. the reviews aren't going to end. And if anything, I'm going to try to actually put more on the Decapitated Dan website. But Ooh. it's it's one of those things where I just feel it's time. You know, right. it, it's like I said, it's it's not that I don't love doing this. I, I love talking to creators and, you know, yeah, look at all the people I've talked to over the years. But it's just one of those things where it just feels like it's time. And you, that's when you know to walk away from the podcast but it, when it feels right. Right. No, you you want to go out on top, and like I said, uh, I uh, and I'm sure I do this on behalf of everyone. Commend you on how much you have done, and look forward to uh, the next incarnations as I hold a Shirley Temple up in the air, <laughs> which I actually am holding a Shirley Temple up in the air. I busted out a special drink for this special occasion. Well, that's because it's afternoon where you are. I can't drink for another twenty minutes, so. Hey, any time is a good time for a Shirley Temple. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's hold. It keeps the tears. It, it holds back the tears, Dan. It holds it back I do. Um, be, before we kind of jump into everything to talk about with you, I, I do want to uh, point something out to everyone out there listening because this is totally turning into word of mouth. Uh, with the Gasly Awards, we have decided to add a fan vote to it. Yes. And the way that the fan vote works is um, the judges count for a certain um, percent as to who gets the win in, in all the categories except for one. The creators will say have a say in all the categories except for except for the one. And the fans actually can uh, vote in every single category, and it counts for a certain percentage to the, the total of determining the winners this year and the fans will determine the best new series winner only they're they're the only fans are the only ones who are going to determine best new series from now on so so people uh vote uh they can start voting january 1st uh at gaslyawards.com but i wanted to throw that out there because you know we're we're trying to help spread the word, and we're also trying to find a way to, to make it more interactive because, you know what, it's fun for the creating community to kind of control a certain aspect of it, which is the, which is the total reason for the awards um, for because it's, it's peer-based. But we, we do know that fans need to uh, be heard. And you know what, and when creators are always like, hey, I'm nominated for this, it's always nice to say, hey, I'm nominated for this, go vote for me. Right. So, right. yeah, like I said, there's there's percentages involved where we make sure that it's not completely determined by the fan vote except for the one category. But, you know, it, it it's something that we can do to get the word out on how amazing the Gasly Awards are, which, and, you know, if not next year, the year after that, they're going to be recognized on all the sites like the Eisners and the Harveys. That would be good. We They would be very cool to have a... Um... That would be real cool to have like the horror based, you know, comics and stuff like that recommended because I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because I mean, on one side, horror comics are are seen so much as a subgenre, you know, a true subgenre of a subgenre, but at the same time, there's always so 
many good horror comics and horror-based comics, or you know, if you want to be technical, speculative fiction-based comics coming out. That it'd be nice for all the, and we all know. I mean, horror fans are hands down, hands down, the most dedicated, you know, fans anywhere ever. So it'd be nice to be able to start, you know. Uh, giving each other props where it's due, or at least, you know, bringing attention to some of the other comics that uh, maybe we're not all aware of. Exactly. Because, because, because especially in comics, it's hard to get noticed if it's not a Marvel or DC book right now. Or, uh, Image is making a lot of headway in that area, uh, and Dark Horses as well, but it's harder for the horror comics, especially a lot of the indie horror comics, to get noticed. So, I mean, Ghastly Awards is a wonderful opportunity for that. And speaking of, of that... In 2013, we're also changing the format to be submission-based. The only way to be nominated is to submit your books, and the judges will choose the nominees. So we're going complete. We're going completely Emmy-based, like like the Emmys on TV, folks. Nice. We're going completely Emmy-based, where you submit your work to us, and then we decide who's up, and then of course, then you have the fan and the creator and the judge vote at the end of the year. So we are completely changing that around. No, I think that's going to be real good. It's going to be real positive. Like I said, it'll get a lot of people involved. So I'm. Uh... Yeah, that's that's the whole point. I mean, what if what if the dude who lives next door to you is working on this book and it's never going to see the light of day, except for the fact that he's sending it into the Gassy Awards and it blew our minds. Right, right. Well, and that's the way it should be too. That's the point uh, is to recognize greatness. Right. And uh, you know you don't have to have the massive sponsorship or things like that. Great. You know when I when I started Nightmare World, you know back in two thousand two, I mean it was like a self published online comic, and, and literally it was just word of mouth and word of mouth and word of mouth that got it out there and made it into this this cult. You know I don't want to say as cultural zeitgeist would be an exaggeration, but it, it, it's what made it to the point that I could keep going and making more comics. You know people reading it and recognizing it, and eventually led me to. Image and the shadow line and things like that, and led me to be able to do this other work, and led to the newsarama column, you know, and all that stuff. Right. So absolutely, hey, amen, amen. <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, your book that just that is now officially out. Which, yes, which is right or wrong? How's what are you seeing in terms of feedback and and whatnot? Very positive. Um, People that have been uh, checking it out so far have been, uh, you know, really positive about it, things like that. Uh, I'm able to really start really pushing um, uh, the book. You know, for people that aren't aware of it, it's called Right or Wrong, A Writer's Guide to uh, Creating Comics. And it is about a uh, – uh, basically, it, 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 as the title says, it's a book about uh, – it's kind of like half memoir and half how-to – it's if you're a writer and you want to be able to create comic books, I mean, maybe not the way, but a way, and just talk about a lot of my experiences. Like I said a minute ago, starting in 2002, being one of the first people to really start publishing comics online, and how, you know, just this, this you know, broke-ass kid at the time, you know, from the Midwest, how I was able to uh, to go on and eventually start working with... Uh, all of these other, you know, artists from around the world and things like that, and eventually get to the point where, you know, I was able to start, you know, producing comics on a fairly regular basis, um, a week, literally a weekly basis, almost nonstop since 2002. Um, 
the book's out through Transfusion Publishing. Uh, you know, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I think all the comic shops will have their copies in um, this com- you know, the first week of December, this coming Wednesday. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, I thought uh, it was last Wednesday. Uh, well, okay, you know, I, let's I put it this some... way. By the time you're hearing this, right. it, it's out. Yeah, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be out. I think some shops may get it last Wednesday, you know, when we're recording, some will get it this coming Wednesday. But yeah, by the time everyone hears this, it'll be out. It'll be available in local comic shops. It's available on Amazon. You know, just look up Dirk Manning, right or wrong, W-R-I-T-E. But um, the response so far has been real positive. And what's what's interesting is um, I've heard from some people that aren't necessarily in, interested in creating comics of their own. But have, uh, you know, picked it up because they know my work or they, they've liked the column or they like my other work and talking about how much they enjoyed it. Um, some people have compared it to kind of like the Warren Ellis's old column, you know, Coming Alone, which was definitely like a grandfather to this column in a way or a father. Um, but it, it's good. It's been real positive. It's been really flattering. You know, I took a year really putting this book together uh, based on all the old columns and stuff. And uh, it's been cool, man. It's been real positive. I'm really looking forward to now especially now that the book's going to be in the comic shops and stuff for people to really start digging on it, you know, and jamming on it. Right. And you already have two reviews on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. And again, you know, they've been real positive. Uh, some people that picked it up in Detroit, uh, a friend of mine picked it up in Detroit wrote a really nice review. And, uh, uh, Raf Nieves wrote a real nice review on it. He, you know, he's an established comic creator as well. So does Thank you word and stuff so bleep that name (laughs) (sighs) i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah but uh, (laughs) no but uh, he was real real supportive of it and stuff so it's it's been positive man it's been cool and i'm waiting uh now that the book's gonna be on comic shops and stuff like that i can really watch the floodgates open and hopefully watch the word of mouth spread on uh how helpful this book can be for creators. Right. and at the time uh, we're recording this it's 16.99 on amazon so that means you have to add an item that is, what, $8.01 for the free Super Shaver shipping. So you can get two books. And if Pick I'm... up a Nightmare World as well, you exactly. know? Exactly. I mean, Look at that. There, there's a lot. It's interesting because now that I've, I've started doing the right or wrong column um, monthly at, at Newsarama again and stuff like that, and it – I mean, I understand this, but – I understand this, but it still kind of takes me back sometimes. So many more people know me for right or wrong as the Newsarama columnist um, than for my comic work, like Nightmare World or Tales of Mystery or Love Stories About Death. Would you link? Um, would you would you link in your Newsarama articles? Would you link to your web work? I do. I do. I, I do it when it's appropriate. And sometimes I just tell people right up front. I'm like, hey, listen, don't forget, if you like this column, here's the comic stuff I do, things like that. Um, but, you know, there's people that don't like to read their comics online, you know, and, and I respect that. They like to read the stuff in print. Um, I've not yet taken the first volume of Tales of Mystery to print. Uh, the Love Stories About Death stuff's not in print yet. So mainly the print stuff I have from web to print is Nightmare World and it's one of those things where, you know, I think I still continue to sometimes fight that uphill battle about people like, oh, well, it's a, it's a horror comic. You know, I'm not sure if I like that because I'm not a horror person. And then uh, when people do finally kind of break down and check it out, you know, they hear about it, like, ah, you know, I'll check it out. They fall in love with it. They enjoy it. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I've been beating that, beating that drum for years, you know. 
So, um, but it, but it's interesting. But uh, I've actually been bringing back right or wrong monthly now as well with the with the book being out. You know, I, I can focus on doing that again. So it's been interesting. Again, I'm really hoping for a real strong reaction to the book. Uh, I'm really tickled with it. I'm really, really pleased with it. Um, it'll actually be coming out on Kindle, I think, before Christmas at this point, which will be nice. And really, you know, with the right or wrong book, my goal has just been anybody that's interested in creating comics should read this book. I mean, this should be their acquired reading. That is when I will totally feel happy is when people recognize that, you know, I mean, you know, if it sounds boastful, so be it. But right or wrong is a book that writers that want to create comics need to own. I mean, and it's funny. You, you look at the back of the book and you got all these quotes from like, uh, let me grab my copy right here. I mean, geez, I mean, you got Jim Valentino from Shadowline over at Image, Scott Alley, who's now the editor in chief at Dark Horse, Raven Gregory from Xenoscope, Brent Irwin from Ape, and then, you know, Lucas, uh, the, uh, the head of Newsarama. Those are just the names on the back cover all saying, yeah, th- this book's pretty kicking. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people on the inside that, uh, in the, in the inside, I couldn't turn on the back cover. The first two pages, uh, you know, talking about the same thing. A lot of very respected professionals and reviewers and creators. And, uh, oh, and you're in there too, Dan. So. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. The longest setup for the shortest punchline. But. <laughs> Oh, goodness. And that's it for this interview. Yeah, and that's it for good Show's <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, and I mean it. It's actually over. Get out. <laughs> Too funny. Um, uh, you know something you haven't talked about in a long time? I, I didn't know there was such a topic. What's going on with Farseeker? Coming soon. All right. Yeah, it, it, gosh. Honestly, not a week goes by. I don't think about Farseeker. Um, and what's been happening is I've been working so hard on the right or wrong book and on Love Stories About Death and getting ready for Tales of Mystery Volume 2. And I have some of these other side projects come up. You know, my first Xenoscope gig, uh, I did the short story for them. And then the short story for Riley Rossmo for Dia Stella Mortis. That's what I've had going on, plus some Hollywood, you know, the movie and stuff like that. And Len O'Grady, who illustrates and co-creates Farseeker, has been very, very busy as well. And uh, it's been one of those things where, you know, I talked to him a month or so ago, and Len and I stay in touch, and he's just slammed, and I'm just slammed, and it's just like, we're going to get there. Sure. When I bring back Farseeker, or when we bring back Farseeker, we want to bring it back right, we want to bring it back big, and we don't want to half-ass it. Uh, in fact, to be honest with you, between now and Christmas, I think Len and I are going to you know, get on the horn and talk for a while and really plot out what to do because it's, I love that freaking book, man. And so many people got so excited about that series. Uh, for people that aren't aware of it, it's over at activatecomics.com, uh, which is a really prestigious, uh, you know, online webcomic hub. Uh, I mean, that comic got picked up and reviewed over at, uh, or got picked up for syndication over at MTV Geek. Uh, it's an all ages kind of fantasy comic. Uh, ensemble book a team book that's not a horror book at all um it's a series that really um it's a lot different than what people normally associate with what i do you know uh but i'm very very proud of it i i I love that book dearly and uh len and i are both just chomping at the bit to bring it back but we also want to bring it back whether it be online or in print Ooh, 
there's something. Uh, bring it back large. Mm-hmm. Good. What about other projects? Are you working with Seth on anything? I am. Um, Seth is going to be illustrating Tales of Mystery Volume 2. Ooh! Yeah. He really is a complete... Uh, Seth the Moose is what we're talking about. He did uh, Xenoholics for Shadowline. Uh, he did Brathala. Not uh, related to Bullwinkle. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, has anyone ever told him that joke before? I, I'll, let, I'll let you broach that. Oh no, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big boy. He doesn't, you know... <laughs> nicest guy. Man. I've seen Jekyll. I don't want to see Hyde. <laughs> I'm going to go to his Facebook page right now and post it. <laughs> Good luck. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, no, Seth is a great guy. He and uh, you know we he did uh, several Nightmare World stories. Uh, he did the re- the pro wrestling uh, comic uh, or story for Love Stories About Death through ShadowlineOnline.com called The Rush of Blood to the Head. And they have more of a very animated vibe to the art. I mean, very loud, big, and you know, cool style. Very cool style. But it's also a style that, you know, I think I can speak openly about this, that he feels that he's been kind of, I don't want to say trapped in doing for a while, but uh, he, he's ready to stretch his, uh, stretch his artistic muscles and do something a little different. And I love working with Seth. He's just very dynamic, very powerful storyteller. Um, but, but, but the style he had, obviously, is not the, necessarily a style that you would use on a, a genuine horror book. Especially for Tales of Mystery Volume Two, which is even a lot more uh, horror-based, I guess, uh, in, a, in some ways, in Volume One. Um, so he's kind of refined his style a little bit. Uh, it's still set start, but it, 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 it's losing a little bit of that more animated, and I hate to say the c word, but I'm going to uh, cartoony vibe to it. Okay, it's a little bit different. Um, I would almost say more like a Darwin Cook kind of style, kind of. You know, it's like that. It, it, it's everything that Seth does, but less overt in that fun style. And and, and but but I'm doing what we're what I'm working with Seth on is the same thing we did with with Josh Ross. That thus far in in, in Tales of Mystery, uh, which if anyone hasn't read it, they should definitely, especially anyone, if anyone listening to this podcast has not read Tales of Mystery, go to ShadowlineOnline.com, go to the webcomic section, and uh, go discover your new favorite comic. I said it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Josh Ross, who drew the first volume, which is 13 eight-page stories, there's your 13, um, wasn't necessarily a really overtly horror comic artist. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want... Someone that you know uh, you would typically associate with a horror comic, because I think it makes the horror then a lot more horrifying. Um, you have guys like Riley Rosmo, who's absolutely one of my favorite artists working today. Just amazing, 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 amazing. But when you open up one of his books, like Proof, or even uh, the new book he's doing with Nick Spencer, Bedlam, uh, you know what you're going to get. You know. Sure. I'm actually. It's interesting. I'm actually looking at the, the the pages that he did for my story right now for the Dia Stella Mortis uh, Day of the Dead anthology he's doing, 
and it's a definitely it's definitely his style, but at least on my story, it's much more of a romantic story. Um, it doesn't have that overt sense of dread and that a lot of his artwork has, which which is really cool to see. Um, so point being with with Ree and with Seth doing this, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Again, I wanted a, a, an art style that was a, that was a little bit different. And Seth is you know you know been working on some sample pages and stuff like that, and we're getting ready to rock into this. And it's just uh, man, I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about working with Seth again. I am so excited about Tales of Mystery Volume Two. Uh, a lot of people just fell madly in love with Ree and were heartbroken and angry about the way we ended volume one, which was my point all along, which made me very happy. <laughs> so, uh, not well, you know, that, that's good. It should uh, evoke the, a reaction. And, uh, now it's time to, uh, to go back and visit. I'm not going to say if it's going to be a sequel or a prequel or what, especially given how we left off with volume one, but uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to work with him again. Yeah. I, I, and Seth is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite artists, and it's time. It's time. It's time. 2013. That's good stuff. <laughs> Anything else you can tell us about 2013? No. <laughs> as I, as I lift my temple halfway to my lips and put it down it's like there's a lot i want to say um i can't say that i'll get in trouble okay um sometimes the best thing to say is nothing at all i know but this historic show and uh, <laughs> stay tuned when, when we come back from the break yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, keep your peeled for a big print announcement in the fall. Okay. There. I think that's uh, vague enough. That means we're going to get treasury-sized Nightmare World. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I that at all. No, um, there is some, you know, I, I'm very, as much as I love Nightmare World... I don't want to be the the guy that's just known for Nightmare World. I mean, at this point, I fully recognize I have to do more stuff. And then people will go back and discover Nightmare World or they won't. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, every time I'm getting ready to put it away, something kind of creeps up and there's some very interesting discussions going on right now. And not just ours. Mm-hmm. With Nightmare World as a property that I'm very cautiously optimistic about that could be exciting. But I'm definitely looking to move forward. I'm looking to move forward with Tales of Mystery, with Love Stories About Death, uh, with Far Seeker, with... <laughs> and, uh, some <laughs> so, um, what he said was treasury-sized edition of Nightmare World. Nightmare <laughs> phone call, Jim Valentino, and I am going to direct him to... <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't call uh, too funny. No, I, so let's kind of change gears here, and, and you know, this being the last episode, what do you see as a uh, future for horror comics? What do you want to see? What do you want to see in 2013? 
what do I want to see or what do I think we're going to see? Either or. Um, you know, it's kind of like I was talking about a minute ago. You know, horror is one of those genres and comics that people um, don't automatically pay as much attention to. And one of the reasons is, and I've talked about this a lot in the right or wrong, the more recent right or wrong columns. You know, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, for example, we just lost Hellblazer. You know, which, admittedly, a lot of people I know fell off of reading Hellblazer. You know, but I had a buddy of mine said, "Yeah, I knew Hellblazer was on the chopping block when they kept the same creative team for the last forty issues or whatever it's been." Um, but in the case of Hellblazer, you know, they, they they're canceling this long-standing. Uh, mature readers, independent horror book. And what I mean by independent is you can read Hellblazer and not have to read anything else, not have to know about anything else. You can pick it, you can always pick up Hellblazer, read it, great, perfect. There is tie-ins, there's no crossover. It's just a standalone horror comic. And what what DC's been doing is now they're, they're relaunching Hellblazer as Constantine and reintegrating him in the DC universe. Boom. And, well, the sad thing is it's going to make a big bump in sales and things like that, you know? I mean, but, again... I don't think so. Uh, you he know... Already, he already exists in the in the new DCU, but I don't think so. I happen to think that a lot of Hellblazer readers are done. Especially if that's, like, the only thing you're buying. Like, if you're just like, oh, i got to keep getting this, I don't buy any other comics, you ain't making that jump. No, but what'll ha- what I think will happen is... A lot of people that never read Hellblazer will read Constantine. Yeah, and all they're going to get is this little baby version of him. I'm not disagreeing with you, but again, you know, which brings me to my point of you could have a very pure, great, intelligent, well done, fantastically illustrated horror comic, but because it's a horror comic people have a predilection not to want to pick it up because of all the negative stereotypes around horror. Right. Take that same character, drop him in the DC new and boom, I think you're going to get a big bounce in readers and people say, wow, that's a real cool character. You know, uh, what, what I'd like to see happen in 2013 is for people to kind of open their eyes a little bit and say, gosh, walking dead is really this walking dead is a horror comic. Bottom line, it's survivalist horror, uh, you know, subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre, if you will. <laughs> but, uh, or at least twice that. Uh, but I, I'm really hoping that more people start to open up their eyes and, and see, wait a minute, here's Walking Dead, this fantastic comic, you know, fantastic TV show. Oh, in my opinion, I think it's very well done. I think the season's moving a hair too fast, but I like season two, so there you have it. But I'm hoping people kind of open up their eyes and, and start to realize when other people talk about good horror comics, you know, that they start to check them out. You know, whether it be your lock and keys or your American vampires or Walking Dead or Nightmare World or Love Stories About Death or Tales of Mystery or The Goon or, you know, whatever it may be. I really hope that horror can continue to shake off that stigma of immature, sophomoric, blood and booby stuff. We've really grown past that. This is not the 1980s anymore. Horror comics are not just slasher porn. You aren't know? you? Aren't, hold on, no. When you say that, aren't you technically going after only one company? I don't even know who that would be. 
speak freely. Avatar. Avatar puts out some great horror books. But it's also the blood, the guts, and the boobies. There's a little, but you know, really... There's a little? When was the last time you read an Avatar book? <laughs> That's just, I mean, there's some, but what I'm saying is Avatar does a lot more than that these days. I'll give you an example. They put out a lot of the Garth Ennis creator-owned stuff. Um, yeah. Put out 303, which was fantastic. I just read in the last month or so that Western book that Garth Ennis put out through them, uh, Streets of Glory. Yeah. And again, I'll, you know, full disclosure, I didn't read it because it was a Garth Ennis. I'm a big Garth Ennis guy. Love Garth Ennis. But it was a Garth Ennis Avatar book, and it was a Western, and I'm like, God, I already read Preacher, and now here's this other little thing that he's putting out. And it's like, I don't need to read a Garth Ennis Western. I was at Detroit Fanfare. Five dollar bin they had in there for five bucks. I'm like five bucks. Damn, I'll check this out, man. Why not? And I read Streets of Glory, one of the best comics I read this year. Okay, but that came out years ago. It I'm did. talking about current. I'm talking about current Avatar books. Well, but out Neonomicon, which was a last so which was nothing but blood guts and boobies. I wouldn't say that. It did have. Yeah, I love Neonomicon. No, 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 no but. All of that stuff was was in it, and you know the crossed issues. Now there's nothing but that. And see, now I will say that I haven't been keeping up on crossed. I read the first Garth Ennis one, live loved it. Right, scared the hell out of me. I read, I think I read then the 3D one, and maybe the first Apple one. Okay. Um, but crossed is an example of very extreme. Horror, um, but but I really think that Avatar. I mean, you know, Avatar does get kind of a, a bad shake on that. They put out a lot of the creator-owned Warren Ellis stuff. They put out a lot of Alan Moore stuff. They put out you know Garth Ennis stuff, and they can put out books that don't have restriction. I can't speak to the new Cross stuff. Uh, Caligula by Dave Lapham. I love Dave Lapham. I don't need to read a Caligula book because again, you're right. That's just I. I you don't even need to watch a Caligula movie. No, you don't. <laughs> Not my thing at all. I'm not a blood movies guy. But I don't think the, honestly, you know, just, you know, speaking very freely between two friends, I think Avatar gets kind of a bad shake on that stuff. They have put out stuff. I mean, hey, they put out a lot of stuff like that. But even, yeah, Neonomicon has nudity in it. It has blood. It has guts. It has boobs. But... In that book, at least, it really suits the nature of the story, which is Neonomicon is one of probably the scariest comics I've ever read. My, the whole bit you, you have you read it? Mm-hmm. The and I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't read it. It's a good Alan Moore. H, it's an Alan Moore H.P. Lovecraft uh, <laughs> tribute, or I know he's putting out another one through them. I think too. But uh, the bit in the cellar. When the wheels come off the truck, holy f, <laughs> mortifying. Yeah, but that does me. One of my biggest, you know, fears is that whole idea of being trapped and being, you know, in way in over your head, and their cat people get captured, people get held hostage, and stuff like that. That's no fun. That's no fun. Um, but you know, I don't know. I know. I, I don't. I think there was a time when Avatar first started that that's what they put out exclusively. I do personally, my own opinion, Dirk Manning's opinion, 
I think they've definitely grown past that a little bit uh, and are putting out some very good books amongst some very So are you saying that the Nightmare World Treasury Size Edition is coming out through Avatar? <laughs> boob. <laughs> no, no, that's that's fine. Um, well, that's good. I, I'm glad that that's what you think about what's coming in in the future, at least for for horror. You know, if you remember back in the day, I always said we needed more serial killer books, and we're starting to get those. Yeah, Dorf put out the extended version of Dahmer, I mean, which, you know, is getting all these rave reviews. And I remember years and years and years ago, back down going to, like, to go to HiveCon, Dorf was the, or um, Dahmer was Dorf's little self-published book, you know. And now it's been re-released in the last year or so through a very major book publisher. And it's this, this big, people are like, oh, my God, look at this book. This is just amazing. It's like. Yeah, I remember Mid Ohio like walking up and talking to him, and he was in an artist alley table, you know, and just no one, no one cared about this little book about Dom Jeffrey Dahmer that was just fantastic and and again mortifying, you know. Right. But I'm really hoping that people continue to, like I said, lose that stereotype or at least re-examine a lot of the good horror books coming out right now. Right. I just have a, 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 a several very very. Uh, if you're a fan of horror, I'm not saying I'd automatically picked up Crossed. Uh, maybe the first one, you know, the Garth Ennis one, to get started. It's pretty extreme. I haven't read the new ones. I know it gets crazier and crazier as it goes. But, um, yeah, just just check out what's out there. there. There's a lot of good, you know, a lot of good horror books right now. BPRD and Hellboy are killing it. The Goon is great. Tough thing uh, about BPRD and Hellboy is you got to go all the way back to number one. You really do. Uh, and with both Hellboy and BPRD, you have to really give it a collection or two to really start picking up. BPRD, you got to give it, I think, one or two trades. The first two trades are good, but they're nowhere nearly as good. Now, I, I tell anybody that'll listen, I'm like, man, BPRD, for my money, is better than Hellboy at this point. Okay. You know, just a fantastic... Personally, I don't read either. I missed that jumping on point, and I'll tell you what, man. It, it it'd be now that you have a little more time on your hands. <laughs> now that you have freedom, yeah, it would be well worth your time. Uh, I've actually uh, sold a buddy of mine all my uh, trade paperbacks, and I started buying those big Hellboy library editions, and then the, uh, the BPRD, the big hardcover books from Dark Horse, are really nice and are really reasonably priced. And you can get big chunks of it, you know, in one sitting. Right. Uh, right. Very, very good. Very, very good. Cool. Very cool. Um, so where, what are you going to do in 2013? Any shows or anything you're going to be at? DanCon, baby! DanCon Spring or DanCon Fall? You tell me. <laughs> I have to plan. Apparently, I, I am quitting this show to become your assistant. I, I, just, I think I'm spring. Yeah, I think you're spring. I am. I am. I'm, which is on Saturday, March 16th. Okay, right after the Ides of March. So yeah, that made it, that is, but okay. Oh boy. Well, you can read Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare as well with your free time. Oh. Okay, so it's not that movie with Ryan Gosling? Moving on. <laughs> I'm glad I don't even know what a Ryan Gosling is. 
Uh, uh. <laughs> Dan in March. Uh, C2E2. Uh, those will be two of the first. Uh, right or wrong book debuted at Detroit Fanfare. Um, but then Dan Con and C2E2 will be some of the bigger shows that I'll have the right or wrong book with me. So I'm excited about that. Oh, are you doing a. Did you ever get a, a book signing schedule? Since you actually have like a, a novel book, a prose book out? That's the thing I'm going to be doing this winter. Okay. A lot of bookstores don't do signings between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I'm going to be doing several comic book shop appearances. They might not do signings. That doesn't mean you can't stand there next to your book and and be like, hey, come here. Hey, you want to write comics? You You want to be a better writer? Read this book. I'll sign it for you. But, uh... (laughs) I have to, I I very rarely do this, but occasionally if I'm in a bookstore, and if they have like a Nightmare World book or something like that, if I have my marker with me, I've only done this a couple times. I'll sign the inside of the book so that way someone buys it and like, oh my god, you know, like I was here, Dirk Manning, you know. Um, but I'm gonna be doing like a lot of smaller little bookstore signings, maybe even workshops up until spring, up till C2E2. I just did one down at Superfly Comics in Yellow Springs. Um, it was real cool, you know, I, uh, a smaller venue, smaller audience, so it was interesting to sit there and get to talk to people about that. Um, I have a couple of bookstores that are really interested in having me come in, um, so I'll be doing that between now and spring, and then in spring, you know, in March, I'll be hitting your show, uh, the DanCon. Uh, April is C2E2. And then really looking at the summer schedule from there of what I'm going to be doing with Shadowline. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. I'm yeah, not doing then... any shows. I'm not even going to do DanCon. I won't even show up. <laughs> you know, you got to do DanCon. I'll see you at C2E2. Of course. Of course. Oh, you know what? I don't think we ever talked about... I know, you're you're like, oh my god, shut up. I got stuff to do. But uh, how was Fanfare this year? The only thing I have to do is talk to you. No, you have to prepare for your big live chat, which isn't live by the time they hear it, so it's kind of pointless to act like that. But you have your big live chat tonight Are on the been... Outhousers. I do. You know, they're... the thing with the Outhousers is I was supposed to do their... We do a Halloween show every year. We do it on Halloween, but... And this leads right into Detroit Fanfare. After Detroit Fanfare, my voice was so shot, I couldn't do the show. It would have been like, hey, everybody, what's going on? <laughs> you know. So we had to uh, push it back. So that's why uh, Mr. Panties in a Bunch, is, uh, I got pushed back. I don't care that you're, you're doing another show. I got Dirk 13. Back. I got 13 Dirk Mannings. They got six. Right, they've got a ways to go, man. <laughs> you're not going to be here. Who am I supposed to talk to? <laughs> You're supposed to do the rotation of the of the comic related network. <laughs> now that we're up to, I think, what fourteen podcasts. I need a list. I know. Manning needs to be on all fourteen of them. Well, you gotta go. You gotta just gotta go to comicrelated.com for that. I, I'm very terrible about reaching out to other people to talk to me because I always feel so uh, salacious about it. Like, hey. You want me to come on your show? <laughs> I'll come on your. I'll, I'll be on the show for you know for whoever. But I don't like to put myself out there. Like that. Right, right. But uh, no, Detroit's 
fanfare was uh it was good you know um it was really a return to form for the show um last year you know it's no secret it was just a calamity uh or a comedy of errors, I guess I should say. Not and many of them not the fault of the promoters. Uh, this year they really kind of took it back to its roots. Real positive show, very good, very positive, just great vibe. Everyone there had a fantastic time. Um, really getting that show right in the back, in, the, in the right direction. I think uh, uh, one or two more shows like this, and it's really going to become a, a real hot spot for. Uh, Midwestern creators go to that show. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, so it was real positive. Cool. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Um, where can everybody find everything about you? <laughs> Don't be sad. Don't be sad. We can't talk all day. <laughs> okay. No one would be able to download it. It would take up one gig of space on their computer. <laughs> right. You know what we need to put out is the Dirk Manning collection and watch the evolution of uh, of all of our interviews and stuff. If you see Dirk at shows in 2013, he will have the box set <laughs> for sale. <laughs> the DVD, <laughs> the podcast, stuff like that. What's this podcast you speak of? I don't know. There, it, it was interesting to see their reaction when I, I gave... Uh, my folks the new book and they're like oh like this is a book and it's big it's like 216 pages you know or actually it's funny it's 213 pages of text but <laughs> yeah, not planned again not planned but there you have it we have three pages for notes in the back but uh no well, where people can find me um obviously i am on the twitter you just go to dirk manning uh I'm on the Facebook, for those of you that missed the raging online controversy, uh, at uh, you know facebook.com slash Dirk Manning. It's a personal page. It's not a public page. So I'm almost to 5,000 uh, people on there. So I, Time to start deleting. I need... The thing is, and I know this sounds very impossible. You don't need to keep your Farmville friends anymore because I bet you don't play it. I don't even know what a farm bill is. <laughs> but, uh, a, a vast majority of the people of those 5,000 are people that I actually have some sort of connection with that I know, that know my work and stuff like that. So I, I'm torn on what to do because I don't want to go to a public page. Right. Um, yeah, because then you got to advertise for people to even see what you post. Which is garbage, yeah. You know, I mean... So I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I mean, people can subscribe to, you know, facebook.com slash Dirk Manning. I mean, by all means, you know, don't be offended if I don't accept your friend request or uh, if you do send a friend request, put a note on it. Like, hey, I heard you on your discussion, Captain Dan, or, and I was like, oh, sweet, a- automatic, automatic friendship if they mention your name. <laughs> but uh, that, that's all I need to know. Uh, but no, um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's a good place to catch me. I'm on Facebook. Um my uh, online comics are on shadowlineonline.com, uh, Nightmare World, Tales of Mystery, and Love Stories About Death, with up, which updates every Tuesday and Thursday with a new page. Um, hopefully pretty quick here, Nightmare World will be appearing at another very prominent online comic hub and possibly in other media forms. We'll see what happens. Sweet. And, uh, yeah, that. and then uh, my writer, Ron Collin, is on newsarama.com every month. There's actually a whole 
sub-page of Newsarama just dedicated to Dirk Manning, so you can Google that. Nice. Yeah, and uh, people can go to Amazon and check out my work, Dirk Manning. Uh, you know, Nightmare World, Volume 1, 2, and 3, through Image Comics Shadowline, and Right or Wrong, A Writer's Guide to Creating Comics, which, if you are at all interested in comics or just fun read, uh, very personable, it's like I'm just sitting there chatting with you, uh, treat yourself. Treat yourself to a Christmas present. Get right or wrong. You won't regret it. Well, I want to uh, I, I want to go up before I, I get to you. Um, I, I definitely have to say thank you to every single person who has ever come on this show. It was either through you, you contacting me, not you. It was either through you contacting me or me contacting you, but you took the time out to uh, share what you had to say and, and promote your work and, and be a part of this. So I definitely appreciate every single person forever doing that. I have to uh, send out the biggest, the, this is where the biggest thanks goes to. Um, it, it goes to all of the websites. It, it goes to underground video network, um, TMV cafe, comic related comic attack, Chicago comic vault, drive through comics, uh, decapitated Dan.com. <laughs> iTunes, you know what? You you guys who run those sites, other than iTunes and obviously decapitateddan dot com, you 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 weren't afraid you you to share content, and because of that, more people heard about what I was, you know, what what people were talking about, and you are seriously being bowed to by me because you helped these creators that I was trying to help one by having them on the show and get people to hear their voices and stuff like that and check out, check out their work. So, so my, so many thanks go to you for that. Um, and then last, I have to definitely thank Dirk. <laughs> because, because oh, of, shucks. He, he will drop anything for the most part to, uh, to come on the show. And be a part of it, and I think that you know that was proven over the years when we talked after he was driving home from Detroit Fanfare, or we talked while he was waiting for a bus or a train to go by at San Diego. Um, you know, you you you've been a staple of this show, and you know, like I said, it's it's just weird how it how it all worked out to to be perfect with thirteen. I wish I wish we could say we planned it, but uh, that that's it's just wow. But no, I mean yeah. the reason, and you know, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but I wouldn't drop everything for just anyone. But you definitely uh, earned that. That if you know you need something done, you know, done done. So thank you for all you have done, and and I'm convinced for what you are going to continue to do oh thank you sir thank you and of course the biggest thanks goes out to every single person who listened to the show whether you you know um joined in just for an issue or an issue i always do that an episode or two or if you were one of my subscribers someone who listened to every single episode aaron so <laughs> thank you even though aaron is my co-host on tales from the water cooler i know i do know that he's probably heard every single episode um and aaron no we're not going to listen to tool when this one's over with because <laughs> what 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 i know he likes that why wouldn't you listen there there it's always okay to listen to tool no, it's always okay to listen to tool 
but uh, we're going to listen to Heaven Shall Burn this week. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't Should I put the Tool song back on, Dirk? Which which song is it? Uh, right in two, which is my which is my oh, tool song. That is such a fantastic song. Do you have a favorite sometimes too with that album, with the uh, Ten Thousand Days album? Mm-hmm. There, there's actually this real cool thing that you have to look up online how to do it. But if you play like two or three of the songs at the same time, they actually form a new song. No, I, dude, Tool's ridiculous. I swear, and it actually works. It's Ten Thousand Days. And one of the earlier ones, I actually have the the CD sitting right next to me. Which one is it? Let me look real quick. See if I can remember. Oh, I don't think they're listed. Wait, on here. so it's that? Wait, three three songs on Ten Thousand Days will overlap. Two two different. It's like two or three different songs on Ten Thousand Days. Uh, if you play them at the same time, they actually are meant to be like one song. So, like, the songs are independent. Well, maybe uh, I should use Audacity and overlap them and use that as our outro song. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which ones it is. I'll it's, look it up. We'll look it up and, and well, do Yeah, maybe it's Ventry Trace and, uh... No, 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 no. Maybe it's Wings for Marie in 10,000 Days. We'll look, it up. we'll look it up. But we'll look it up and we'll do it. That will be the outro song. So, if it sounds like crap... <laughs> I promise, it's sweet. <laughs> If it sounds like crap, we can all blame Dirk. <laughs> Seems legit. <laughs> Everyone, do not forget, I am not stepping away from everything. You can still go to decapitateddan.com to check out everything that I am up to uh, with re- reviews, with the Gasly Awards, with DanCon, with the Secret Project. with Yeah, when, when can we expect to hear about the Secret Project, by the way? As soon as something happens with it. Well, can you can you closing out? Can you at least give us? Yeah, I can give a hint. A hint. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the guys that I started the the Gasly Awards with, and my whole uh, point of getting into uh, like horror comics with from the two magazine and all that was this sense of uh, horror comic history. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the hint. All right. That. Fair enough. Is it fair enough? Did I not give enough for you? (laughs) Well, I don't want you to get in trouble. I can't get in trouble for something that I'm 100% the only person working on. (laughs) Give us one more tiny hint. One more tiny hint? uh, Copper Age. Done. There you go. Is that good enough? That's perfect. All right. Everybody enjoy this tool song that Dirk has (laughs) told us will work. As we head to Google to find this song. Well, thank you again, Dan, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, my friend. And talking to you soon for the enjoyment of the masses. No problem. And thank you again to everybody who's uh, been a part of the show and done something for the show, whether it be listen to it, be on it, or share it with everyone. And, of course, huge thank you to Dirk. Congratulations. You won the race to the most appearances on the show. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. Thank you. And you, I, I, I found the, the songs. Okay. Uh, this way, people will know okay. what it is, and then we'll then we'll go and see. I'm just drawing this out as long as possible. Okay, point. that's fine. All right, here it says: open up your favorite media player, make a playlist. Ventry uh, uh, a trace in Wings for Marie Part One. Now open up either a second media player or pop the CD in your stereo and get get the fourth track ready, which is Ten Thousand Days, which is Wings Part Two. All right. Okay. Now, 
Make sure you start with both of them playing at the same time. The two will sync up perfectly. The singing at the end also syncs up completely if you play them at the right time. Tool meant these tracks to sync. They want to make an epic flowing song like an eight-piece band as a tribute to Maynard's mother passing. If you look at the eight, or if you look at the track times, 10,000 days is 11 minutes and 13 seconds long. When you add the track times of Ventress Trace and Wings for Marie, they add up to be 11.13 as well. Also, Ventress Trey means the number 23 in Latin, and 23 is the number of synchronousness, synchronousness, synchronicity, whatever. So, synchronicity? Synchronicity, that too. (laughs) I'm trying to read and do this and set this up. (laughs) Can't read, man! Oh, too funny. The Ventress Trace, Wings for a Butterfly, you play those two back to back Mm -hmm. while playing 10,000 Days on top of that. Okay. There. You send me that link before you close that page. I, I will definitely do okay. that. Okay, and, and that will be the song that we go out on, the secret tool song. Yes, the, the that sounds like a plan. So Aaron, enjoy it, because it'll be the only time you ever hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll, I'll see you in March, I guess. All right, sounds good. Mm-hmm.